there we go. What a lead-in. I like that. Paths. We started our Paths series last Sunday with the bad news sermon of the series uh, from Jeremiah 6. And if you didn't catch it, I hope you'll go online and listen to it because it was really important foundation uh, for the entire series. And the, uh, the first sermon is called, Neither Could They Blush, from Jeremiah chapter 6. Today we're headed back to Jeremiah 6, and so let's go that direction. And we're going to see the second part this morning called Stand and See. Uh, Brother Scott mentioned two weeks from today, it is Super Kid Sunday. And I hope you invite all the kids you know uh, to come for this very special day and to have their own meal and festivities and events uh, right after the service and uh, so looking forward to that. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. <clears throat> okay, let's read once again here in Jeremiah chapter 6. And we're going to start today in verse number 13. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see... And ask for the old paths, where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. You ever been lost in the forest? It can happen. A couple years ago, a hiker named Amanda Eller was lost in Hawaii in the forest. And when I first heard about the story, I said, Hawaii? They have forests in Hawaii. Actually, they have some of the thickest forests in the world. Uh, they have parts that are almost impenetrable. And she was lost in this thick Hawaiian forest for 17 days. 17 days. She had a fractured leg, and she survived on berries and on guava fruit before she was found. And I was reading this article that was written after she was found, and it's appropriately entitled, uh, it's called this, What to Do If You're Lost in the Woods. Okay, so it seems like a pretty good name for the article, right? What to do if you're lost in the woods. So listen to the advice that is given with the classic survival acrostic STOP, S-T-O-P. So S, stop, sit down, don't panic, stay where you are. Okay, T, think what do you know about your situation and location? Do not move at all unless you have a specific reason to take a step. Oh, observe. Gather information that you can, that you can uh, to help you figure out where you are. Do you have a map and a compass? Are there any signs labeling trail intersections? And then P, plan. <clears throat> Consider possible courses of action and choose one. Maybe you should continue down the path. Maybe you should turn back the way you came. And I thought it's an interesting article. 
Uh, so basically, <clears throat> if you realize you're lost, use some common sense, okay? And don't just keep going on the path to nowhere. And the advice is so sound because it originally came from God. Here in Jeremiah chapter 6, stand in the ways and see. Look at the paths that are available and consider where they go. God told his people to stand and evaluate the end of the ways that were available to them. And now I, I need a few helpers this morning, uh, three of them to be exact. First of all, I need somebody to be a traveler, somebody who has some common sense. Everybody think of somebody in here who has some common sense. Do you know anybody who has common sense? Is there anybody in here? Does William have common sense? Does he have common sense? You want to help me, William? Come on, come on up here. You can be the traveler, and we'll let you be the traveler. You have some common sense, all right? You're also getting very tall. Yes, here you come on up. All right. And he looks like he just came from Hawaii, so this is perfect. Like he got lost in the, in the woods there in Hawaii. Okay, so we need a traveler. Now, the next person we need is somebody to hold up uh, cards with personality. We need somebody with some personality here in here today. Who do you know who's got some personality? They got some pizzazz. Like they've got some, does Katie have personality? Oh my goodness, I've never known this. This is so cool. Katie, would you do the personality one for me today? Okay, I love it. There's personality right here. The personality embodied in this young lady is just phenomenal. All right, then we need somebody, the third person to hold us some cards. This person is stoic. They have a straight face. You can't tell whether they're happy or they're sad, they're mad. You can't tell anything about them. Everybody's pointing. He won't. You think he'll do it? I don't know if he'll do it. Who, who, who could, who you guys think of has got a straight face like they never, you never know what they're thinking? Raleigh? You think Raleigh could do it? All right, Raleigh, come on. Let's do it. All right, I, I think Raleigh could do it. Okay, so here's what we need. We need to move this out of the way first. This straight in the way. Okay, so let's put our traveler right up here. Traveler, you come up here. And Raleigh, you're the straight-faced guy. You come, you're going to hold these cards right here, okay? Don't smile. Don't frown. Come here, right up here. Just hold, hold the cards. Okay, you got it? You're sort of smiling. Okay, thank you. Good job. Okay, Katie, you're going to come up here. All right. Now, Katie, you're going to be like, you know, Vanna White. Is, is that still a thing? Is she still around? She's like 70 years old now. Um, Vanna White or, you know, Price is Right or something. You're going to like, you got to sell it. See that? I, that was good. That was a, a lot better move at the move I was trying to show her. So that's good. All right. So you got to do yours. Okay. So we've got five different paths that we're going to choose here with our travelers. So traveler, you turn around now and you're going to look at these. And, and this side says, popular, everybody's doing it. Okay, now look how attractive that is. She's selling it. She wants you to go that way. This way is unpopular, okay? Traveler, 
Which one are you going to choose? What? Okay, come back. All right. You can come back. All right, drop the first card. <clears throat> okay. Next choice. Here we go, traveler. Enticing. Looks like fun. Roller coasters, funnel cakes, awesome stuff. This sign, sir, I didn't even get to give you the choice. <laughs> All right, he chose. All right, he chose enticing. All right, let's drop that one. Next one. Okay, William, here's choice number three. Pleasure. Everything you want is yours. All the chocolate ice cream you want. All of the good stuff. This side is deny yourself. Which one are you going to choose? All right, come on now. That's a tough one. Pizza, yeah, any kind of pizza you want. Look at it. Whoa. What just happened? All right, come back here, traveler. All right, let's drop it. Drop the next one. Okay, here we go. Choice number four, the easy life. No worries, just right. Everything handed to you on a platter, easy. She's selling it. Look at her. She's working hard. The other side, take up a cross. What do, what do you want to choose? i tell you this guy. He's too smart. All right, come back here. Last choice. Now, this is the end of the path. Okay, this is the end of the path. The end of this path is death. The end of this path is life. Anybody who chooses according to the end of the path will clearly choose which one, William? Choose life, right? Okay, thank you guys. You did a great job. Very good. If we ever have a car wash outside, we know who should hold the sign. Okay, not him. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Riley. You're, yeah, you're excellent at that, you know. Yes, I chose you just for that. You did great. Um, <clears throat> so you think about this. The, these guys uh, held up these signs that show us uh, the representation of the broad way and the narrow way. And uh, they stand on the ways and see. And, uh, and here's the deal. If you look at the end of the path and not just the beginning... It'll work for you no matter what your age is, no matter what stage of life you're in. This works for elementary kids. You say, hey, kids, there are, three, uh, there are three paths that we can go on that lead to death and destruction, and there's one path we can go on that leads to eternal life. Which one should we take? They're going to choose life. This works for high school kids. Hey, guys. Yeah, there are a lot of different worldviews we can choose to follow in life. Uh, for instance, materialism. Get all the toys you can. He who dies with the most toys wins. Notice that he still dies and none of his toys go with him. Uh, there's individualism. <clears throat> me first, all about me. But Jesus said, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And so individualism ends with loss. Uh, pragmatism. Do whatever works for you. And we mentioned last week a verse in Proverbs that is it's repeated verbatim in two different places. Once in chapter 14, once in chapter 16. 
There is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And then there's the biblical worldview, which is the only one that deals with eternity. And so considering the paths, should we take materialism, individualism, pragmatism, or biblical worldview? And any high school kid with common sense can see the end of that path and know which one to choose. Now, this works for college students. Uh, the words just get bigger. And sadly, some of the people have less common sense than they started with. Uh, th this works for adults. Hey, let's consider the end of the path. Should we go buy a house full of furniture on credit the first year we're married? Where does that path lead? Uh, should we get addicted to substances? Where does that path lead? Should we sabotage our marriage with secrets and, and deceitful behaviors? Where does that path lead? Should we dedicate our one and only life to following God's way? Where does that path lead? And so this really is common sense. Uh, but I'm sure you know a few people who don't have nearly as much common sense as they should. In fact, common sense is actually becoming more and more, well, it's becoming uncommon, okay? Uh, you look around you, it just seems like it's becoming uncommon. And, and why is it that so many people never evaluate the end of the path before they take it, right? They just look at the beginning of the path. They look at the brochure. They look at the billboard, right? You look at the brochure for Disneyland, and man, you see all this glitter and glitz and, and the castle and Mickey and Minnie and Cinderella and all the fun rides, and then you actually go there at about 4.30 in the afternoon, and you see parents who look like they have been run over by a truck, right? And you see kids that are like screaming and crying at the happiest place on earth. You're like, what happened? The end of the story was different than the brochure. But a lot of people never evaluate the end of the story. They just take the path. And some of it do it, some of them do it out of ignorance. That's one answer, right? They don't even have the sense to check out the path before taking it. Right? A lot of people, that happens to them. Uh, another answer is pride. People think that they will be the only people in the history of the world to take that path and get to a different destination than all the other people who have taken it before. Right? It's just pride. They think, I'm going to be the one who's going to make this happen and make it work, and then they fall flat on their face like everybody else has. Door number three is a very sad door. <clears throat> Rebellion. You know what rebellion says? I know where the path's going to lead, but I'm still going to take it. Right? Isn't that the ultimate of stubbornness? Rebellion. I know this path leads to destruction, but I'm going to take it anyway. That doesn't make any sense. And so this morning, we're going to stand in the ways and see. And so I want you to do it with me. We're going to get into your notes now, and they're in your bulletin or on the YouVersion app. In the kids' bulletin this month, we are doing the Beatitudes. 
And kids, we want you to work really hard to learn all the Beatitudes, and we're going to put your posters up uh, around the room. You're working so hard on that. Let's ask four questions today about these paths. Because, you know, we all make choices in life on our paths. And so let's ask this first. Which way leads to sorrow? Which way leads to sorrow? You know, the Broadway is so deceitful. It's so enticing. The pleasures of sin look so fun. Uh, The commercials don't ever show you the chronic drunk in the gutter. They just show you all the fun that's out there. You ever noticed in the commercials, uh, all the people are young and beautiful and athletic, and the scene is always attractive, right? And uh, the bottles have, you know, just the perfect uh, condensation dripping off of them. Uh, The end isn't nearly as pretty. The end of the Broadway is broken lives and no hope for the future. I'm reminded of the words of Solomon. If you read this in Ecclesiastes 1 and 2, Solomon experienced every single thing that this world had to offer and proclaimed it all emptiness, vanity. Listen to what Solomon said in Proverbs 23. He said, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? And then he answered all of his questions. They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Solomon had seen and done it all. He knew what the end of the parting path looked like. By the way, I've been in ministry for 27 years. I've still never had a couple come in for counseling and say, you know, Pastor, things were bad in our marriage. Things were horrible in our family. We couldn't get any peace or stability. And then we took up drinking alcohol, and now everything's better. Okay? It's never happened. But the reverse has happened a lot. Because the end of the Broadway is destruction. And it always leads to sorrow. And, and the front cover of the carnal path is airbrushed. Everything is beautiful. No wrinkles, no flaws. It's like that new thing, the face app. Uh, you put this normal, flawed, uh, average human, take a selfie, and voila, out comes a supermodel. And it's all phony, right? And people actually post these things on Facebook like people are going to think that's really them. We've seen you before. We know it's not you. Okay, it's the face app. It's phony. It's a carnal path. It is fraud. No one has ever gained eternal life on the Broadway. Never. It's never happened. We talked last week about the people of Jerusalem in 612 B.C. Having no delight in God's Word. Because God's Word was full of boundaries and rules and consequences. And they said, we don't want any of that. We want to be our own masters. No rules, no consequences. We want to be like the pagan nations around us. We want to experience what all the fun people experience. 
And I'm telling you, they were missing out on this common sense thing, right? It's kind of like the kid who's 18 that says, I don't want any more rules. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. I'm joining the army. I'll wake up, kid. Right? You just threw yourself from the frying pan into the fire. And when they said, we don't want any pagan nations uh, yeah, around us to tell us what to do. We don't want the temple to tell us what to do. We don't want God to tell us what to do. We're going to go our own way. What happened? They were sold into slavery to despot kings every single time. The deceiver was at work in their lives just like he is in ours. Their prophets and their priests had even begun to sell advertisements to the Broadway. Right? It was happening in church. They're like, this is the way, right here. And they did a Katie. They're like, here we go, come this way. The prophets and priests were doing it. And it's almost like that's happening in modern culture, where sometimes even churches are involved in dragging people toward the Broadway instead of away from it. Now, folks, we are more than conquerors through Jesus. Absolutely, right? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But that doesn't mean that the deceiver and his false workers aren't good at their jobs. Okay, please don't be tricked into thinking they're not good at their jobs. Paul told the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 11 that the workers of Satan transform themselves into the apostles of Christ. And then he said, no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And I'm telling you that the enemy has a counterfeit for every single thing that God offers. Counterfeit gospel, counterfeit ministers, counterfeit churches, counterfeit scriptures. And the counterfeit looks really close to the same, but it leads to death instead of life. And when you stand and see, the entrance to the Broadway looks so inviting, so convincing. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Because everybody in here has walked on it before. We've all been tricked by it before. We've all thought if that shiny thing, we could have it, it would bring us happiness. And if we could get her, it would bring us happiness. If we could get him, it'd bring us happiness. And six months later, we wake up in the same bed and look over, who is that person? I don't even know them because they're not what I envision them to be. He's not Prince Charming. He's Cruella DeVille. Right? And I know I mixed the sexes there. That's kind of a modern thing. I apologize for the It's off the cuff, and it happens. When, when you stand and see, the entrance to the Broadway looks so convincing. But the end is the way of sorrow and death. And God is trying to tell his people, if you would just go up on the top of the hill and stand and look at the ways available you're going to see which one you should go on. Let's ask the next question, which way leads to satisfaction? Which way leads to satisfaction? 
Everyone in Jerusalem, we read in Jeremiah 6.13, was given over to covetousness. They were selling the packaging of peace, but there was no peace inside. It said peace on the cover, but when they opened it up, there was no peace. It was not what it was packaged to be. Last year, I, uh, I was scrolling through, and all of a sudden, this thing, I saw this great deal on off-road Crocs. And that's what I wear, off-road Crocs, the, the thicker ones, and they help my feet. And they had some new colors that I didn't have. Like, whoa, this is, it may be a good deal. And I'm looking, because they're usually 50, 60 bucks each, and these were $29. This could be incredible. So I chose four colors that I really wanted. And, you know, I'm going to enjoy this. Well, a couple weeks later, uh, I got this package that was not from the United States, okay? It it was from a big country in Asia where they have a giant uh, great wall, okay? And it it had been shipped all the way to the United States. And And I opened it up, and inside of there were four pairs of knockoff Crocs that were not off-road Crocs. And the kicker was, not one of the four was a color that I had chosen. Not, none of them were. So I looked it up where I had ordered from, and, and I typed out this email, hey, I got the product. First of all, they're not off-road Crocs. It's not what I bought. And second of all, none of them are the colors I chose. And the email I got back, I still have it. I should have brought it. It's one of the funniest emails I've ever gotten in my life. It said, uh, yes, you did not get the product you ordered, but that's okay. I'm reading this like, what? Now, you didn't get the product you ordered, but that's okay. You will like it anyway. <laughs> like, no, no, I won't like it. You will like it anyway. And uh, the colors will work very good for you. Like, how do you know? And if you don't like it, you can give it to someone else as a gift. And uh, you do not want to return because it will cost you lots of money to return them. So better, better idea is you just keep the product and we keep the money. That's what the email said. So I wrote back an even more forceful email. <laughs> like, you know, you don't get it. I'm not keeping it. I don't want it. These are a piece of junk that I wouldn't wish them on anybody. They're the wrong color. They're the wrong thing. They're not not what I ordered at all. It's false advertising. And they wrote me back another thing about, you really don't want to do this. It's going to cost you lots of money to ship this. And so I disputed it with my credit card and got it written off. But uh, (laughs) there's a lot of false advertising, right? There's a lot of false advertising life, and the packaging on the Broadway says, this is the easy life. No worries here. No rules here. No accountability here. But it's false advertising all the way around. Look again at what God tells his people in Jeremiah 6.16. Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk there, and look, ye sh- look what it says, ye shall find rest for your souls. You know that God is the only one ever who will offer you rest for your soul? That's an offer that no right-minded person would refuse. 
the way itself is a paradox because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith in God leads to complete satisfaction of the soul, but it's not like the sensory satisfaction that the world is selling. Look at this. Listen to this. Touch this. Taste this. No, it's the satisfaction of a quenched thirst in your soul. Ultimate peace with God. Ultimate rest. Jesus offers it to all of us. He said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek. That was our word today. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Jesus calls us to exchange the imprisonment of sin for the yoke of service and to focus our eyes through faith on the things that are not seen. Paul said the things which are seen are temporal. They all fade away. None of them last. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And if you want real satisfaction, there's only one way to get it. That's Jesus, because there's no lasting satisfaction on the Broadway. It's all temporary. It all fades away. Uh, That chiseled bronze body unchisels and unbronzes very quickly, right? That that wavy hair waves goodbye to you. Uh, That set of perfect teeth gets replaced by acrylic. Uh, your 2020 vision gets replaced by bifocals. Uh, your body and everything that it enjoys all adds up to being short term. But the soul is going to last somewhere forever. And God told Jeremiah to tell the people, walk therein and you shall find rest for your souls. Let's ask this next question, which way leads to salvation. Which way leads to salvation? We've already shown that the way to destruction is a very popular highway. It has enough lanes for everybody. It's not hard to find. It's not hard to follow. A lying GPS is readily provided. Go this way for popularity and fun. Go this way to have everything you want in life. No worries. And and many people the uh, truth is, many people never even consider another path except the Broadway. Not even once, but they should. Because it's clear to anyone who stands and looks that the Broadway is not a sustainable option. Go back in chapter 5 of Jeremiah. Same message here as the message we're studying in the series. And I want you to go back starting at verse number 20, and and let's just see some highlights from this message in Jeremiah 5. Declare this in the house of Jacob, publish it in Judah, saying, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not, fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Look at verse 23. But this people hath a revolting and a rebellious heart. They're revolted and gone. Neither say they in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God. Look at verse 25. Your iniquities have turned away these things, 
and your sins have withholden good things from you. Check out verse 31. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means, and my people love to have it so, and what will you do in the end thereof? What are you going to do in the end thereof? What's going to happen at the end of this way? What's going to happen at the end of the path? There was a prophet named Amos, and he was a herdsman. Uh, God told him, hey, I want you to go tell my people some stuff. And he was a couple generations before Jeremiah. Uh, He prophesied in the northern part of Israel. And if you can find Amos, I want you to turn over there for a minute. Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. Did we go too far? Yes, we did. Amos, Obadiah, Jonah. So it's before Jonah, right? Look over at Amos chapter 8. And I want to show you this very quickly here. In Amos chapter 8, Amos is a powerful, powerful book. If you've never studied it, you should. It's got so much in it that would help us uh, in our connection with God. Look at verse number 7 in Amos 8. The Lord has sworn by the excellency of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. Now, there are a lot of people who think God's forgotten, right? God forgot. It's like God didn't know what they did. Um, somebody had a, did a meme the other day, and I saw it, and it had all these former political fingers, figures kind of smirking like they'd gotten away with a bunch of stuff. And uh, listen, God remembers. God knows it all. God hasn't forgotten about their sin, but guess what? God hasn't forgotten about yours either. Shall not the land tremble for this? And everyone mourn that dwelleth therein. Once again, they're mourning over the wrong things, just like in Jeremiah. Look at verse chapter or verse number 10. And I will turn your feasts into mourning and your songs into lamentation. And I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head. And I will make it as the mourning of, a, of an only son. And look at the end, and look at the end of the verse. And the end thereof as a bitter day. The end thereof as a bitter day. The end of the Broadway is more bitter than you could possibly imagine. The short-term pleasures of sin abruptly turn into eternal judgment. Every knee bows before the King of kings and Lord of lords. Every tongue confesses that he is God, though it's in judgment. There's a story from 2 Kings. It's one of my favorites. Uh, the Syrian king is ticked off at the prophet Elijah because Elisha uh, knows what's happening. And he says, who keeps telling him our plans? Is there like a bird that's flying from our place to his place to tell him what's going on? And so he sends this group of men, and their one job is, go find Elisha the prophet and kill him. Well, they show up, and Elisha prays that God would smite them with blindness. And of course, God did. And so then Elisha walked down, and he said, hey guys, this isn't the way, follow me. Uh, I'll show you what you're looking for. And he led them into Israel's capital city, Samaria, took them before the king of Israel, and then said, hey, God, could you open their eyes? 
the Lord opens their eyes, and they see, and behold, they're in the middle of Samaria. Surprise, 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 right? And they were shocked. Everything they had assumed was wrong. Everything they'd followed was a trick. I don't know if there are going to be millions and millions of people following the Broadway who will one day stand before the great white throne of Almighty God, and they will be shocked because everything they've followed is a trick. And Revelation 20 says the books will be open and they will be judged according to their own works instead of judged according to the righteous blood of Jesus Christ. If you can be, you know, discerning enough to be judged by something, be judged by Jesus' blood instead of by your sin. Right? Uh, there's no contest. Revelation 20 says death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That, my friends, is the end of the Broadway. And so God says in Jeremiah 6, Hey, Judah, stand in the way and see. Look at the end of the path, not the beginning, because your direction will always determine your destination. Intentions don't determine destination. There will be so many people on that day that say, God, I meant to get right with you. Could you give me more time? God, I didn't mean to walk on the wrong path. It just happened. Could I have another chance? Doesn't it break your heart to think of the souls confused by sin, deceived by religion, broken by wickedness? If it were not for God's grace, I would be on the Broadway. If it weren't for God's grace, you'd be on the Broadway. But nobody has to be on the Broadway because Jesus came and shed his own blood for our sins. They're paid for. And he offers the gift of eternal life. But you know, the gift of eternal life only exists on one path, the narrow way that leads to life. And that brings up this final question. Which way has a sure destination? <clears throat> Next week, we're going to look at the phrase from Jeremiah 6.16, ask for the old paths. And not to give too much of the message away, but the old paths aren't uh, called old for the reasons a lot of people think. When we hear the term old paths, especially in Christianity, people think they're a certain thing, and they're not. The old paths, the ancient paths, are tried and true. They're a sure thing. In fact, they're eternal. And if you're looking for certainty in this uncertain world, please consider the way offered by the only one who has ever predicted his own death and resurrection and then risen from the dead. You know, health isn't a sure thing. Wealth isn't a sure thing. The stock market is not a sure thing. I'm pretty sure you know that the lottery is not a sure thing. If you don't know that, you should know that, okay? Equipment breaks down, paint fades, styles go out, friendships decline, people fail. Nothing related to this earth is a sure thing. Every year, there are mudslides that carry multi-million dollar houses down the sides of hills, even though the contractors told the buyers 
that that was a sure thing, that they were built in the solid rock, that they would stand for hundreds of years. It sounds a lot like the simple story Jesus once told about the man who built his house on the sands of this life. And the rains came, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. It seemed like a sure thing, but it was anything but. Jesus also talked about a wise man who heard the sure saying of Jesus and followed what Jesus said. He built his house upon the rock, the rock of ages, on the chief cornerstone, on the hope of eternal life. And the rain descended and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And I'm telling you, when you go out and stand and see and look at the paths, don't look for the attractive destination. Look for the sure one. And that's really our faith challenge today. When you consider the ways available to man, there's really only one way. There's really only one way to life. Jesus is the answer. Uh, I heard this talk years ago. Jesus is the answer. What's the question? And I went into all this, this different parts of life, how Jesus is the answer to that part of life. What's your question? And you know, if you start with the end, you'll know where to begin, right? If you want to drive to Coeur d'Alene, you will know which path you should take to get there, right? You don't want to take I-84 East if you're headed to Coeur d'Alene. But you know what a lot of people do in life? They kind of think, you know what, I'm just going to take this path that looks really fun, and I'm sure it'll get me to where I want to be. In fact, they say that to people. They say, just choose something that fits you. It'll get you to where you want to be. Like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Right? Look where the path is going to end, and then you'll know which path to choose. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you that we could come in today and get in this passage in Jeremiah 6 again. And I pray that this message is simple enough for every person here, from the youngest to the oldest, and that we would choose life based upon the end of the path, based upon the path itself being Jesus Christ. And I pray that as we go further into this series, that you would help us to understand what the good way is, what the old path is, and that to receive the things that you have for each of our lives. Guide us through this week. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless